Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Happy Friday. We made it. Friday 16th, February 16th, Friday, February 16th. And we are running a little bit late today. Those of you that are, you know, you come every single day. You're always here on time at 11 a.m. Pacific time is when I normally do the show. But today I had a delay and I'm going to tell you all about it because I was a model, you guys. And today I lived out my fantasies being the fact that I am five foot on a good day and I'm not a lick taller than that. Five feet is uh, my model stature. So I've never been given the opportunity to model anything, to model literally. I, I haven't modeled anything except today. Today, I finally became a model. Good morning. Make sure you're saying hello in the comments. Say, uh, tell me what you're up to today. We have a fun show. We have a fun show because my favorite one of my favorite shows right now is The Traders. And that was on last night. And this show does not disappoint. And if you guys watched last night, it was bomb. It was really, really good. Um, so we have The Traders. And then we are going to talk a little bit about the Larsa and Marcus Pippen. No, <laughs> Larsa Pippen and Marcus uh, Jordan. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. For those of you that are not subscribed, make sure to hit subscribe. Every time I say this, a lot of you guys hit subscribe and then you're, you you wonder, you know, why am I watching the show without subscribing? And I think, I don't know. I don't know if YouTube automatically unsubscribes some of you, whatever it is. I accept your apology. <laughs> And I will bring you back in with open arms because this is the La Casa de Donna. That's not how you say Daily Dose of Donna in Spanish. But essentially what I'm saying is my house is your house. Come on in. Get cozy. I'll give you some chocolate, a glass of wine, maybe a coffee, whatever it is you want. Remember on Jersey, that's all they used to do is just go and sit and have coffee. I, I used to like think about this all the time, more so than on any other uh, show on Bravo, the Real Housewives of New Jersey women back. I'm talking Caroline Manzo. I'm talking, you know, Jacqueline Larita days. They would always go to each other's house and pour each other a cup of coffee. It was like a 2.30 Keurig situation. Well, uh, let's get into the show. First, I want to shout out. I'm going to break up our sponsors today so I don't, you know, attack you all at the beginning. But first sponsor for today is Factor. And I want to remind you guys that the most important thing you can do to yourself is nourish yourself with easy and healthy meals. And Factor is the way to go. I had Ryan Bailey on my show yesterday, and he he basically should have worked for me because he was telling us how much he loves Factor. I know I love Factor. Factor is delicious, ready to eat meals and make eating better every day easy. So listen, today is Friday. A lot of you guys don't really feel like cooking on Fridays. I don't. I never want to cook on Fridays. But you can just get something like Factor. You open your fridge. There it is. It's like all you have to do. There's no prep, no mess, nothing. It's just you have to heat it and eat it. Okay. So no cooking, no cleanup. 
You cooked, you cleaned, you made it nice like Dorinda. So why don't you check out Factor? They have keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, all kinds of different um, diets basically based on what you eat. Um, you can do weekly meal planning, which is so much easier. They have so many add-ons um, and they're two-minute meals, like so super easy. They also have snacks, smoothies and more. So make sure to check out Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash Donna50, D-A-N-A. Five zero and use code Donna fifty to get fifty percent off. That's code Donna fifty at factormeals.com slash Donna fifty to get fifty percent off. Thanks, Factor. All right, let's get into our first news story. We didn't talk about this yesterday. Are you guys interested in talking about Patty Stinger and Nick Viles Vile? I always, I can't with his last name, Nick Viles' new CW series. So those Jeff Lewis listeners, there's a lot of you guys out there. You heard Patty Stanger this week. She's a, she's a, um, I would say not a freq- frequent, but she's a recurring co-host. She comes on to Jeff Lewis Live and does the show every once in a while. And she did uh, a show this week, which was, I would say it was, um, hmm. How can we how we how can we put this nicely? It was probably one of the most unpopular guests I've heard in a long time. For some reason, Patty Stinger really irks a lot of people, and she uh, and I talked about this a little bit a couple of days ago, so I don't need to get super into it. But anyway, she talks a lot, and she has no filter, and she interrupts a lot, and I think that really bothers bothers people. The interrupting thing is a toughie in the, in the radio space, you got to be very careful. And, um, anyway, but she, it's working for her because her show millionaire matchmaker is on Netflix and she just signed for a new show on the CW, which is channel five, which is actually what I did the news for. Oh yeah. I'm going to tell you guys about the news right after this. Um, the CW series and it is called, I actually don't even know if there's a name for it yet, but essentially Patty Stanger is helping you know, singles find love. And I don't know what Nick Vile's doing in it. Like, I guess because he was a bachelor and had his own, like, I think he's written a book about how to find love or something along those lines. I think he's also doing something too. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what's the deal, but there's an audience for these people. I was, I was sitting at, I was at my gym this morning and I was talking to one of the guys that works out at the gym, works for Oh gosh, do I want to like shout this out? I probably don't. He works for a very high level chef that has TV shows. So I'm just going to let you guys kind of think about who that could be. And it's like competition shows, lots of them. Okay. And he was asking, he's like, what kind of shows do you cover on your podcast? And I said, I really only cover like mostly Bravo shows and then some competition shows and a lot of dating shows, but I'm just not into the food shows anymore, which is kind of a bummer because I used to be obsessed with Top Chef and like Kitchen Nightmares and all those shows, but I don't follow them anymore. Um, And then he was saying, he was telling me about some of the shows that they have going on. There's a very strong niche audience for cooking shows, but I'm a love, like I'll watch dating shows. Now, this feels a little bit like a queer eye for the straight guy, but not, obviously. But it feels like, you know, like last year, there was a really cute short-lived show on Netflix called Jewish Matchmaking. Um, I liked those kinds of shows. I'm into it, but I don't know when it's on the CW. No offense to network TV, but I cannot get into shows on network TV anymore. 
when I say network TV, that's like um, CW, ABC, Fox. Like it's so hard for me to really get invested in any sort of network, game show, competition show, reality show, or even to be honest, scripted show. When was the last time you guys like got obsessed with the scripted show that was on, you know, regular network TV, ABC, CBS, MT, like, um, you know, Fox. All the shows I watch, Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus, Peacock, and then cable networks like FX, you know, Bravo, Max, like those things. So I, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious to see where this goes. You know, it's funny. I went to high school with this girl who is now the head, when I tell you the head of CBS TV. Okay. It's crazy. She's two years older than me. We used to pick her up on our way to school. My mom would like pick her up because she lived close to our elementary school and she was my sister's friend. And she is, she's got the biggest job, <laughs> like such a huge job. And they were saying that this is the first year they're not doing a pilot season, which is interesting because if you work in scripted TV or if you know scripted TV at all, when I was coming up in casting every year between about January and April, that was pilot season, which means every single um, pilot gets greenlit. And, and on each studio, each network, there was probably like 18 to 30 at the time. Like this is in the early 2000s, 18 to 30 pilots. So every casting director out there was going intensely on trying to get the best cast and like snatching up the best cast that was available for their pilot. Because if you get, you know, like a big name, right? If you get like a Jennifer Aniston or Courtney Cox or whatever on your show, I'm just thinking like Friends days, um, you'll have a better chance of getting your show on the air. But it was such a challenge. It was so competitive. It was trying to make sure that you get the best. And it was so fun. It was like high energy, crazy. Well, that just doesn't happen anymore. The whole TV industry has shifted so much. So CBS is not doing any sort of a um, pilot season this year. Like they're just not. It's crazy what's happened. I think the strike. Okay, that's like behind the scenes industry stuff. Maybe I should just leave that over on um, Patreon. Abbott Elementary. Jackie just mentioned Ab Abbott Elementary. That kind of a show is so good for like background shows. It's kind of like The Office. Um, I it, There's not a lot like that anymore though. Young Sheldon is super cute, by the way, with your kids. If you guys watch shows with your kids, it would be really, really a fun um show. My kids love it. So like if we ever just want to kind of chill out before bedtime and watch a show that isn't like high energy or crazy or whatever, like throw on young Sheldon, you know, Josh is asking, do you think people will go on strike again? So Lance told me something that there was a whole issue with strikes from like a different guild, a different union. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine. Like our industry will not survive. It's so sad actually to say kind of who is out there in the in the crew world who's really gotten a big hit. Like the celebrities, the talent, like they're all fine, right? It's the people that are, you know, below the line workers, like the stage crew and the grips and the lighting. Like those are the ones that really, really get killed by these by these strikes because they need a certain amount of hours to even just get their benefits. And the cost of living in Los Angeles is psychotic. You guys, it's psychotic. The house I live in right now without giving like numbers has gone up. We bought it in 2019. This house has gone up like 50% in value since 2019. So it's crazy. Okay. Um, 
I want to tell you guys about my morning, though. I totally like goofed on telling you about this, went straight into the CW Nick Viles story. But let's talk about being on the news. So this morning I got asked to be a model, a trouser model, because did you know trousers are the new jeans? I didn't. But I guess this is the thing. Now, my friend Julie, Julie Krause, you guys have to follow her. She's at Julie Krause, that's K-R-A-U-S-X-O on Instagram. She has a incredible business where um, she's a stylist and she helps you dress for your body shape. So she has a big like membership called The Chic I don't know if it's just called chic or chic membership and you get calls with her, but she tells you exactly how to dress for your body. And so she had all these models at KTLA this morning, all sizes. Um, we had like, I was obviously, you know, one of the short ones. There were some taller girls that were more curvy. There were more like athletic build. And she put us all into clothes. There was like a very casual look, a very like street kind of chill look. That was like my favorite, the one that wore the street outfit was so cute. Um, I was preppy, which killed me because I'm a Say by the Bell fan. And if you guys watch Say by the Bell, you know, what does AC Slater, Mario Lopez call his, uh, called Zach Morris on that show? Hey, preppy. Hey, preppy. Anyway, so I was the preppy look and I was wearing these like beige trousers with like a button up shirt tucked in, some accessories, some glasses and white loafers. Like I would never wear this in real life. And I told her, but she's just so good at styling it with yellow socks that you could see. It was insane. But Julie's incredible. So go and check her out. She she has a really good resources like on her Instagram where she teaches you just like tips and tricks on how to dress yourself and belt and this and this and that. But she did a great job. It was so fun. And the set of KTLA, the news was right. It shared a lot with Netflix. And it's actually, it's funny. They shoot that 90s show there right now. They used to shoot Judge Judy there. They used to shoot Let's Make a Deal. I did a pilot there back in the day. I was casting. What pilot did I do? It could have been Shake It Up with Zendaya. Like it it could have been that long ago. It's it's called Sunset Bronson Studios. It's been around forever in Hollywood. Um, I'm just not like a big fashion girl at all. I love it, but I don't. I don't like care so much, but it was fun getting kind of styled for it. And I got to meet Sam Rubin. And if you've watched, you know, the news, if you know who Sam Rubin is. So Sam Rubin has been, I'm going to show you guys a picture because I think he's one of those people that you maybe wouldn't really know who he is unless you saw a picture of him. And then you'd be like, oh, I like, I grew up with this guy. Okay. So this is him and Mariah Carey. Hold on. Let me zoom in. Do you guys recognize him? So he was backstage because he's a KTLA anchor and he was backstage and I just went up to him and I was like, I've been watching you since I was a kid. Can I get a picture? The way that he had his makeup. Now I understand these studio lights. They really, you need like heavy makeup. I I could have like scratched my fingernails through his makeup. Like there was so much makeup. There's just something about a man with a face full of makeup. a fun look. Anyway, it was a really fun morning. Okay. Back to our stories. Are we going to talk Larsa and Marcus? I think we have to talk Larsa and Marcus, right? I want to talk about Larsa and Marcus, but before we get into that, speaking of Larsa and her booty, if you want a booty like Larsa, you should go and get a BBL. But if you want to have a 
snatched body in 2024 and you're ready to start looking good, feeling good. You're ready to eat healthy. You're ready to cut out all the junk, but you're also ready to do a nice lifestyle change, et cetera, et cetera. You should consider Row Body. R-O, Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people are doing Row and have used them, them to lose weight. So basically what it is, is it's it's a weekly, it pairs a weekly shot with health, healthy lifestyle changes. So essentially any of those weight loss shots that you guys hear about all the time, that all the reality stars and a lot of you guys even in the comments are talking about that you do, you you get a you get paired with a shot like that plus you have support and it changes your diet and your lifestyle because i think what happens is sometimes when you get off of those shots if you haven't changed your lifestyle in any capacity it can all come back so this kind of really helps you lose weight you get that support throughout the process i want you guys to go to row that's r o dot co co slash donna that's d a n a to pay only $99 for your first month that's row dot co slash Donna and check it out. See if that's right for you. Okay. Guys, something is fishy with this Larsa Larsa Marcus breakup. Something is up and I don't like it. I feel like we're getting some sort of, uh, you know, Scandival Kyle Mauricio storyline, just trying to kind of drum up some interest. I have no idea. It ain't good. And I'll tell you why. Super Bowl Sunday, we find out that Larsa and Marcus have broken up, right? We essentially, we assume they've broken up, right? No one's following either. Um, Lars is posting all these cryptic messages about, you know, who should your friends unfollow your ex and like what makes a healthy relationship? It just doesn't feel, it feels like there's definitely a rift going on. Now that was Sunday. Last week at the end of the week, I want to say maybe even Friday or Thursday, they shot the Real Housewives of Miami reunion. Remember all those Mexico City gorgeous looks where they all look AI? So my question for you is, why did Larsa and Marcus break up mere days after the reunion was shot? Now, we didn't actually know that Marcus was at the reunion. We actually didn't know that he was until we found out from page six this morning that not only was Marcus at the reunion, but it sounds like it sounds like there was a situation where he acted in a way during the reunion that really made all the other women uncomfortable. I don't know if he did it on camera. I don't know if he did it just behind the scenes, but something he said, according to some of the girls, I think it was Julia who said, and I'm just trying to find it really fast. Um, according to the girls, he did something or said something that really it could change the cast's opinion about him according to this source. It says that he allegedly made such a scene, an outburst is what they're calling it. He shared intense opinions about the other ladies backstage. The women did not hear what Marcus said backstage and didn't even know about the incident until after the reunion taped. One source tells us, but it was captured and the ladies have been made aware of it. It was so bad that it may change the cast opinion of him should it ever get out. Okay. So uh, why? That would make sense that that would make her break up with him. If he did something that was that awful and said something really horrible, then he she would break up with him. Like that does make sense. But then why, you tell me? On Valentine's Day, was she with him on Wednesday night? 
sporting a massive clunker on her finger. Huh? So not only are they back together, but now she has a ring on her finger. So is it possible that she got so mad at him because of the way he acted that she broke up with him and then he begged for her to get come back to him and propose to her? I'm struggling with these reality stars. This is going to make things very difficult for Daily Dose of Donna because I want authentic and I want real. And there's something about Larsa and Marcus that are feeling very PR. Something that is feeling incredibly PR and incredibly like it's too much and it's feeling very kind of put on and over the top. And I don't believe that it should be continued. I just feel like there's something like we have to stop giving these people attention. I guess I should be talking to myself because if you are doing this and if you're actually like focusing on this, it just gives these reality stars almost more of a kind of push to, to, you know, keep going and keep kind of, you know, going on like with these stories behind the scenes. I miss the days of not knowing absolutely anything about any of these people between the shows so that when we watched the show, it was all new. You guys, this is going to bring me to my next story. I mean, to another little part of this story that goes back to Vanderpump. And I know I've been talking about Vanderpump a lot this week, but this, this is the first time that we've watched Vanderpump from a different eye. My uh, my friend Christina, she is Coca Makoka on Instagram. She uh, posted a reel or a TikTok. I can't remember where I saw it, which was so freaking smart about what is happening here with this Vanderpump and why this is important. Okay. I've talked about this now for two days with Ryan Bailey, how podcasts have ruined the show. But she said something that I realized and I was like, oh, M-G. I cannot believe that this just like escaped my mind. Vanderpump became such a big show, became such a popular like zeitgeist in the world, like a juggernaut, all these like, you know, words that they use in this last season that Bravo, or I should say the Vanderpump producers basically just assumed when they came back this season that everyone that's watching, all millions of people that are watching know exactly what has been happening between, you know, between seasons. And here's why I think this is crazy. Do you guys remember, I'm going to bring up Heather McDonald, trigger warning. Do you guys remember during the Heather McDonald earring gate? Okay. This is a podcast insider baseball thing. The only reason you would know about the Heather McDonald earring gate is two reasons. Number one, if you listen to Jeff Lewis, so you all, you have to listen to Jeff Lewis. And number two, if you were a subscriber to her Patreon, where she was talking about it in just a subscriber area. And no one, she never mentioned Earringate on her live show until, until she had that episode where she had them appraised the earrings. And then she went online and went onto her show. And she said, some of you guys are going to have no idea what I'm talking about, but here goes. And I remember seeing so many comments at that time, like on her YouTube of people saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I'm so confused. I'm so lost. Who, what earrings, what's happening? Cause they haven't been subscribed to Patreon and they don't listen to Jeff Lewis. So this is what I'm trying to say. When VPR came back this last season. They just basically assumed that everyone knew all the behind the scenes stuff. They talked about Sheena's podcast and Nima. 
They didn't mention who Nima is. They didn't talk. They didn't even show a clip of the podcast. They didn't show the fact that, and this is all Christina, like brought this to light. So I'm, I'm crediting my friend Christina on this. They didn't show the fact that Nima directed the commercial that Tom Sandoval of uh, the Duracell commercial that Ariana did in hers and Tom's house right before Tom Sandoval said that was like the thing that, you know, took him over the edge, that and the sweet lady Jane cake. None of that was discussed on the show. And so we have absolutely, if you're watching Vanderpump Rules without ever reading any online articles, just say you're not on social media, you don't look at TMZ, you don't see any of the paparazzi shots, you just watch the show. Can you imagine turning off at the end of the finale after last season, not knowing a thing about Daniel, her boyfriend, not knowing a thing about any of the ads that she's gotten and that she's killing it, not knowing anything about, um, you know, Tom Sandoval and where Raquel is and if she's doing the show or not, nothing. But you just turn the show back on in between seasons, you go MIA, you turn the show back on. All of a sudden, Tom is talking about all these things about Nima, about Sheena, about what Sheena said. And I can't believe Sheena threw ne Tom so much under the bus. But Tom said this about Nima, about Sheena and about Raquel. And then Ariana's living her best life, according to Lisa Vanderpump. But holy shit, how do we as audience members know that Ariana is living her best life? They have not shown one thing about the commercials. They have not shown one thing about the fact that she's like getting all these endorsement deals and, and getting Dancing with the Stars and all these different jobs, which by the way, at this point, they had already talked about Dancing with the Stars. She had already announced Dancing with the Stars at this point last year when they were shooting the show. So we didn't see anything. So if you go into the show you would be like, I don't understand. Ariana does not look like she's living her best life at all. She's living in a messy bedroom, sharing a house with her ex, looking pretty damn depressed. The only thing we know is that she has a boyfriend. So the reason why that's important is because the producers of Vanderpump are essentially just assuming that everyone is paying all this attention behind the scenes. And I know you guys love it and I love it, but there's so many people that just watch these shows and they don't dive into like the behind the scenes of it all. They don't follow everyone on TikTok. They're not listening to the podcast. They're not like on TMZ looking. They just watch the show. Wouldn't you be like, I don't get it. Like what happened between them then and then? The Billy Lee of it all. Like they haven't talked about the fact that Billy Lee has been and why she's back into the world. So the point is, is that I think that they are missing the boat. Vanderpump Rules has completely like forgotten what kind of a show they are. They're not telling the story. They're just like dropping in, assuming we know so much. Another thing is that something about her storyline. I absolutely have no idea why or how we're going to be able to watch this buildup of something about her this season. Because that's what we're going to see. We know that we will. They did the opening credits at something about her. We know they've shot a whole tasting thing. Like, I don't understand why they're going to think that the audience is going to give two Fs about something about her, knowing that where we are right now in February, that place is never opening. So we're watching a restaurant not open, unless it's a huge storyline. Like, Ariana wanted to open it and Katie didn't or vice versa. That would be great. But if they pretend that they're opening as normal, it's very, I, like, it's going to be, it's going to be an odd thing. So this is when you break the fourth wall. 
at least on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like when when um, Mauricio's mom brought up to Kyle, Estella, when Dr. Estella brought up to Kyle, like I saw a lot of rumors in the news, at least they showed, you know, clippings and like we heard like some podcasts talking about is there trouble with Mauricio and, and Kyle. I just feel like when you don't know as an audience what's going on, it's very hard to actually um, follow along or care and or understand like the whole story. Anyway, it's it's trippy. Okay. The world, I'm telling you, the world of TikTok and podcasts are ruining these reality shows. That's what concerns me. Okay. Meanwhile, Larsa and Marcus are doing it for the gram, in my opinion. I think it's all PR. I think it's all to get more people talking and watching and, you know, interested. And it's annoying to me. Okay. We got to talk about traders and we will talk about traders. But first, I want to tell you guys about my other favorite product, which helped so much this morning because it was sweaty under those hot bright lights at the studio, at the news station. And your girl is probably perimenopausal and needs a little bit of extra help in that body odor, deodorant area. And so it's time to consider Lumi. Lumi, it's spelled L-U-M-E. It makes you smell good with or without clothes. Hello. All year long because it's a game-changing whole body deodorant. And it's designed by an OBGYN to work not only on pits, but also feet, privates, and everywhere else as we get older. No matter where else you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long thanks to the one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. And they've got over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it. So make the switch to Lumi. And this year will be all about head-to-toe confidence. I want you guys to smell good if I ever meet you in person. I want you guys to smell fantastico. So consider Lumi. Here's a special offer. New customers get $5 off Lumi starter pack with our exclusive code and link. Use code Donna, that's D-A-N-A, at Lumi deodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E, deodorant.com, dot com. The Traders is the show that you need to be watching. Whatever you're doing right now, even if you're not into reality TV, which would be crazy. That would be crazy if you guys are watching my show or into Daily Dose of Donna and you're not into, um, you know, uh, reality TV. I'd be like, oh, so you might, you must just like, you know, hearing a girl talk, but daily, but daily dose of Donna is all about reality TV. And I tell you guys exactly, you know, which kinds of shows that you should be watching, depending on what I like, depending on what you guys tell me to like. And I'm watching shows that you guys tell me to like all the time. I'm going to be covering, I I know it just ended, but I'm going to talk Southern hospitality next week because I want it. I, I still have one more episode to watch, and I I think this needs to be a show that you guys put on and and binge for next season because um, it just wrapped, and it's so good. It's the next Vanderpump for sure. And, um, and then I think that – I think – that another kind of show that I think you guys need to watch are shows like The Traders. And because they, I find shows that are family friendly that you can watch with or without your kids, but you can watch in the same room as your kids. Like a lot of times between like 7 and 8 p.m., the kids will just be on their iPads or on their phones or whatever on the computer. But I want to watch a show in the living room with Lance. And we've tried to watch all kinds of shows, but listen, most shows that you watch are pretty not kid friendly. Like don't even think about watching The Bear. With your kids in the room. Traders is so freaking good. 
And this is different because normally with traders, I, well, last season I binged it because I watched it late. This one, you get one episode a night, which is like insane, right? It's one episode a week. It's really, really hard to like not want to just see what's next because they do such a good job. But the casting on traders this season is by far phenomenal, amazing. If I were going to tell you just at the beginning of the episode, not talking about who gets eliminated yet, but I will, spoiler alert. But at the beginning of the episode, I would say my top people that I love for this show, I mean, I am obsessed with Phaedra and I'm obsessed with CT. Those two are my faves and one of them needs to win. And if both of them, you know, one of them doesn't, if both of them lose, I'm going to be really bummed. But those two are my favorite. Now, what happens in this episode is we start the episode finding out who gets eliminated the night before. And I thought for sure uh, Trishel was going to be murdered because it was going to be like between Trishel, MJ, Bergie. So everyone comes on into breakfast. And sure enough, I'm going to tell you guys, just spoiler alert, Bergalicious, Mr. Bergie from Love Island ends up getting eliminated. And while I'm sad about that, it's okay. It doesn't really like leave a mark on me at all. But I feel like that was, you know, they had to get him out of there because he was part of that Peter Alliance. Now this week. And I want to talk to you guys about this. I need to talk to someone that is shot traders. Actually, Christian, I'm going to ask Christian who was, who I met at Zach Peters event. He did, he was, um, in the first season of traders and he almost won. This is confusing to me. I like to know how they shoot these things. So if you guys watch traders, do you notice for breakfast, everyone is dressed to the nines. Do you guys notice that? They come in full makeup. Phaedra's got 14,000 pounds of eyelashes. Like they are fully dressed, fully made up, ready to go. Dresses. MJ's in her blousey outfits. Parvati's in her like short sweater dress with boots. They're dressed up. Breakfast. They eat breakfast and then they go and they like strategize for a bit. Hmm. Interesting, right? Considering that right after that, they get into their like workout kind of get messy gear and clothing. And they end up going and doing a challenge, which I'll talk about in a second, for hours and hours and hours. And then they come back to the house, apparently, get ready, and then go to the round table or do all this discussion and everything before the round table in those same outfits, same hair from the morning. Can someone explain this to me? So they're not shooting breakfast, then making everyone get messy and crazy, and then putting them back in the same outfit with the exact same hair that night? No effing way. I think they shoot breakfast after the challenge. Am I crazy? I'm so confused about this. Please, someone explain it. So Josh, if you know, let me know. I want to know the order of events. I just find it really hard to believe that they would put everyone in their outfits, get them out of their outfits, and then put them back in the exact same outfits with the exact same hair that night. But maybe maybe that's the case. So they go to breakfast. They find out Burgalicious is not there. Then they get into their, um, oh, before they go away and do their whole um crazy challenge. This is when Peter and Parvati start a little bit of a conversation and Parvati gets Peter to believe that she's not a traitor, shockingly, because she's such an obvious traitor. And Kate said something so funny. 
Kate from Below Deck, said something so funny. She said, you know why Parvati is so good at getting people to believe her? Because she's a yoga teacher. And have you ever taken a hot yoga class? That thing is hell. And people like Parvati get you to stay. And if she's able to get you to stay in a hot yoga class, then you know she's good at, at charming people and getting them to do things that she wants. I thought it was so funny. Parvati does have like something that just irks me. But anyway, she gets and her face is like if looks could kill, right? So she gets she gets Peter on her side, which is a huge, huge deal. Now they go and do this challenge. This challenge is without a doubt, top of line, more than anything in the world, the most insanely horrendous most disgusting, most about what they drive up to a secluded cabin in the woods. Now this is where Dr. Will Kirby shows up. Was it on Patreon or did I tell you guys here that Dr. Will was going to come back? I, I found out about that earlier this week or over the weekend, but I guess there was like an article about it. Now, if you're a big brother watcher, I am or I was during these days, the Dr. Will Janelle years. Why, why the hell was Dr. Will there? No, I'm serious. In terms of like getting a reality star who has a career to get on a plane, fly all the way over to Scotland, get him acclimated and get him like becoming the cabin head here. Why? He like supposedly was the owner of the cabin with these two dogs that one of them, one of the people, uh, one of the like uh, reality stars said, oh, it's a wolf. And then the other one said, oh, it's a lab. I'm like, girl, it's a husky. Like what? Prettiest dogs ever. But he plays this kind of creepy character, Dr. Will. He's sitting outside of this cabin. His hair is white. Is that how it looks in real life? I have no idea. I don't follow him on Instagram. And he looked so... Like, like he looked so plastic and like filled and just like made up. It was so weird. I didn't understand why he was there. Like, what was the point? Because it should have just been Alan Cummings. And then I thought, oh, Lance said, well, maybe Alan has COVID or something, got sick. And I said, but he was just shooting the breakfast scene. He was just there. And then that was like what got our heads thinking about when they're shooting these. But Alan Cummings was there. He was there at the end of the challenge. So like, and it couldn't have been that far from where the cabin was. Here's another thing. So they get to this house and then they... They get thrown into this cabin and locked in. And it looks like a very small room. And immediately they're like, you need to, you know, get yourself out. It's like an escape room, essentially. Which, by the way, have you ever done an escape room? I did an escape room with my family a couple months ago. It was one of the most fun hours of our lives. I think I'm going to look into doing another one this weekend. We had so much fun. So then they go into this cabin. They realize that they have to find the directions to get out of the cabin and it's through these tunnels. And the annoying thing is that if the lights are on in the cabin, it's pitch black in the tunnels. So the lights really need to be on in the tunnels for the majority of the time, because in the cabin, you know, it doesn't need to be bright, except for the fact that as people start to go through and I mean, has anyone loved anyone as, as much as CT during these challenges? Like when you see CT during a challenge like this, it's like, oh, 
he's such a man. Like, oh, he can take care of me and he can like walk me through something scary. Like, mm, <laughs> CT, you know? So they put them, CT and Trishel. Maybe Trishel has a thing for CT. CT and Trishel go down and under the tunnels and they start going through it and it's dark and it's dingy and it's smelly and it's gross. It's wet. It's like, bleh. as if that wasn't bad enough. Then come the insects. Okay. Bless MJ because she could not deal. The first amount of insects that got thrown. And when I tell you, they're taking buckets, buckets of roaches, live roaches and maggots and all kinds of insects. And then later rats, frogs, oh, the frogs are kind of cute. It, it was literally my hell. Like I would have haggist the shit out of there. For some reason, the word that they gave to get out of the cabin, if you wanted to like eliminate yourself is haggist. You guys, each person cost a thousand dollars. I'm sorry. These people really didn't need all that money. I would have just said, you guys, F it. Let's just like not make $20,000 today. Like big deal. Like this is not worth it. But some of those people cared so much and they were intense. Like Trishel, I have to say, you know, leave it to someone from the challenge. Leave it to one of the reality stars from the challenge. Those two know if you're on the challenge, you immediately have like a higher level of tolerance for discomfort, for scary things, for, you know, big jumps, for bungee jumping, for like skydiving, for flips, for water sports. Like it is amazing. Now in the cabin. Meanwhile, you have people like MJ who can't handle it right off the bat. She's like, <laughs> she gets out, right? What the fuck is in there? She was freaking out. The next person that decided that she had to leave was, I think it was Phaedra. Phaedra's like, I guess I got to get out of here. I guess she leaves. She's dying. So now Phaedra and MJ are outside. And meanwhile, like Sandra and John and, um, Gosh, uh, Peter and CT and Trisha, like they're all in the tunnels, like doing the dirty work for everyone and, and Parvati. And meanwhile, then Kate is like, F this, like haggis, like, well, I don't care about you guys. And she's so funny, you guys. Kate is so funny. The lines that she says earlier, she said, I would throw these people to the wolves for $10, something like that. Like, she's so funny. She, so she's out, right? So the last two standing are Kevin and Sheree. When I tell you Sheree deserves a damn, um, like, Academy Award for this performance. I rewatched it three times. I was peeing my pants. Sheree starts screaming bloody murder because everywhere she is, bugs keep falling on her. I mean, they're standing in one spot, bugs. Another spot, bugs. Like, water, smelly water going on them. I mean, it was, it was a torture chamber. Torture! And she's like, ah, ah, and she just loses her damn shit so hard that she runs out. And the way that Sheree's like, you got bugs on you. I mean, I mean, Phaedra's like, you got bugs on you. Sheree's like, get them off me. And she's like, oh, and they're screaming through the woods. It's so funny to watch. And it's so exactly what I would do. Like, I consider myself like a tough girl. I can do a lot of things. I can handle a spider. I can handle. In, in that Honestly, just like thinking about it makes me want to bomb the rats. Now, they come out at the end of the tunnel 
and they've missed one gold coin or they've missed a few. I don't even know. And Alan's like, you have 45 seconds. Get it back in there and you can get the coin. And CT's like, I'm going to go back in. So he goes back in because, of course, CT such a charm. So he goes back in and he jumps. He he decides to look for the gold. You see the countdown and he can't find the gold. And then he finally comes out and he's like, oh, sorry guys. And everyone's like, it's okay. You tried. And he's like, oh, I think there's a snake in my pants. And he pulls out that gold. CT is the man. He is such an incredible uh, game player. I just love him. So we end up seeing this disgusting crew of bugged. Oh, I would die. I would just die. I would simply die. They come back to the castle. They get once again in the exact same outfit that they were in five hours ago. I'm so confused. And then they start deciding who they're going to eliminate for this round table. Now, who would have thunk that Trishel Canatella was going to be the smartest? Now, Trish, this is Trishel from Real World Las Vegas. This is Trishel, the one that was making out with Steven night one in Las Vegas. She's the one that totally recognizes that Phaedra and Parvati are traitors. Like, how? She's on her shit. Now, she said there's something that that uh, Phaedra's doing with her eye. Trishel said she's a poker player. Uh, you guys, I'm I'm going to make sure to always talk to you like this. I'm never going to blink again. It's crazy. Some of these people are so good at reading people. Remember Craig Conover on Southern Charm when he was like, Austin, you're lying because you look down to the left. Like people are on it. So Trishel starts kind of passing around this, this thing about Phaedra. You guys, I think it's Phaedra. And a lot of people are starting to kind of jump over and take oh, you're right. I think it is Phaedra. Now, for me, the clearest and most obvious reason that it's Phaedra is because Dan called her out and Dan was a traitor. It's so obvious. I don't know why no one just like immediately went to Phaedra. People were still, I think because they like her so much. If Phaedra goes home, I may have to stop watching because she's so enjoyable to watch. So I'm just hoping that no one sends her home. She's just so good. But they end up having all these discussions and Phaedra has a feeling. She's like, something's funky. Something's funky about these conversations. But they sit around the round table and I would like an extended round table version on Peacock. I just want to see a whole uncut um, round table. Like, don't you want to see what everyone says like in its entirety? And do they ever talk about other names or is it just cut only to see the names that they're kind of like telling the story about? Trishel starts with the Phaedra of it all. And she says, number one, you're never surprised at breakfast. And I was thinking to myself, it's kind of true. But at the same time, like, is Phaedra someone that's going to be like, <laughs> no, Phaedra is kind of like a more low key person. And she does a really good job but with her faces. She's trying. Now, another thing that Trishel said was that she's never worried. She never seems nervous. And Phaedra's like, I have been nervous many times. And then... <laughs> Kevin comes in and he goes, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Do you have a twitch, Phaedra? Because I've been noticing there's a lot of twitching going on with your eyes. It was ridiculous. Phaedra's face is, what? I have never been told I have a twitch in my life. Now, luckily for Phaedra, she has Kate. Because Sheree will always vote for Phaedra, but Sheree doesn't even know she's on the traders. But Kate actually is so good at this damn game. And she's like, guys, 
I played this game and I can tell you this, 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 and this. And she understood it so freaking well. She has Phaedra's back and she got everyone's mind off of Phaedra or she got the enough people's mind off Phaedra, especially by saying, Peter, maybe you're the traitor because you were off of, you were a hundred percent sure Parvati was the traitor until all of a sudden, all of a sudden something changed. And uh, now all of a sudden you think that Parvati is not. So what's going on? Are you working with her? And I thought that was like a really interesting thing. Now, John, the politician, that is the only one that's not a reality star, but he will be after this, is like, I think poverty is a woman of mystery and murder. Like, he's like, literally, we're watching Clue. So, of course, they go around and they do the votes. And it's poverty who ends up getting eliminated. And sure enough, she goes to the front and she says, I have always tried to be faithful but I am a traitor or something along those lines. And everyone is so like excited that they got out of a traitor. And Chriselle goes, well, I guess I'm going to burn my notes because she said, if I get this wrong, I'm going to burn my notes. But what they're not understanding is it doesn't mean it's not wrong. And if I were the faithfuls, I would still go for Phaedra. Now, Dan, a traitor has called out Phaedra and Parvati, a traitor has called out Phaedra. So it's like kind of strange, but in a great turn of events, Phaedra is given the opportunity to either bring someone in, recruit someone in to the traitors, or if that person says no, they immediately die. So who does she go? She goes to Kate. So now we have Kate and Phaedra together as traitors. What a duo. What a dream team. I'm so excited. It's going to be so good. This show is phenomenal. It's edge of seat. It's exciting. It's like questioning what's next. I love it. I know a lot of you guys are saying UK is so good. And um, I forget what the uh, Australia is so good. So I will watch more, but I'm loving traders. I am loving that kind of like energy. Next week, you guys, we have Summer House coming. We have the reunion of Southern Hospitality will be on next week. And then, of course, we have the season finales of Beverly Hills and of Miami. So things are like turning over. We're turning a new leaf. And I'm not really sure where we're going with it. But it will be really, really fun to watch. And um, and that is that, you guys. So I hope you have an amazing, amazing, amazing. I miss Aisha. Aisha from Below Deck. She would be good on Traders. I wonder if they'd put a Below Deck person on there. Like Captain Sandy. I like it would be good. Captain Sandy is, oh, Love is Blind. That's a really good point, Ray. So I just, I'm on the third episode of Love is Blind, so I will not talk about it yet because I know that there's four episodes that were released and I'm giving you guys the weekend. But Monday, we're talking about Love is Blind because it is so good. And every season, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way they're going to wrap. Oh, no, I'm in. I am roped the F in to Love is Blind. Go watch Love is Blind. Go watch Southern Hospitality. There's a few documentaries that a bunch of you guys are sending me. One called Cyber Sleuth. Another one that you guys told me to watch is something like Lover, Killer, Stalker, something along those lines. And then, of course, we have, um, I think next week, maybe, maybe next week is the Wendy Williams, isn't it, in February? Anyway, I hope you have an amazing weekend and um, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, y'all.